Good morning and welcome to the Dance to Learn podcast with your host, Jessica Strong. The Dance to Learn podcast is the place for dance educators and studio owners to get the best dance teacher resources, tips, and advice to help you dance, learn, and grow right along with your students. Let's get into today's episode. To our next preschool dance teacher challenge. So this was, um, I think this is pretty common for most of us, but keeping our students engaged throughout the entire class, right? So first, before I get too far into this, let's talk about what does that word mean? What does engagement mean? Engagement pertains to our students' overall participation. Okay, so what you have to ask yourself as a teacher is, are my students participating throughout the entire class or just parts of the class? Because maybe there are parts of class that they like better than others, right? And what is the reason? If they stop participating, what's making them stop participating? Okay, and I've really boiled it down and figured out that engagement is really a four part issue. Okay, so it's, I could talk about this, I could probably use a full 45 minutes and talk just about engagement on another podcast episode. So I'm going to try to keep this really short for you guys. But the first part of this challenge about student engagement is determining whether their lack of engagement is stemming from me, the teacher, am I doing something wrong? Or does this pertain to just one or two students in my class. Is it the entire class? That would be most likely it's something I'm doing wrong. Or is it just one or two students? Okay, so the best way to really determine that answer is to think about your classes, right? So I want you to take a minute and I want you to think about your classes. When you notice a lack of engagement, is it all of the kids at one time? Or is it just one or two people consistently? So answer that question Um answer that question first, okay? If it's the whole class, I'm going to talk about that in my next point. Um, If it's a more individualized issue with maybe one or two students, then what I would say is sit down and maybe chat with, with those kids' parents and determine maybe there's a social or behavioral need that you need to be aware of that you are not meeting for them in your class, okay? And because there might be something, sometimes a child may not participate due to physical issues, right? This could be something major, like maybe they have a disability or maybe they have a broken bone and they don't know about it, you know, something like that, Um, to a more minor problem, such as, you know, maybe they're not getting enough to eat before they come to dance class, or maybe this class is scheduled during their nap time and They just don't want to participate because they're tired. So these problems should be addressed with those individual students and their parents just to be sure that you are meeting the entire needs of those children, okay? And then lastly, remember this too. An individualized lack of engagement could also be that the child finds the material that you're teaching, so the content that you're teaching, is either too challenging, like this is too hard for them, so they give up, or it's too easy, so they're bored, right? 
So it, it's sort of finding that fine line between is it too hard, too easy, and finding that good in-between place. So you always want to make sure as a dance teacher that you're teaching movements and skills that fall in line with your class's developmental milestones. So that's more of an individualized issue to engagement. Now let's look at a whole class, right? This is going to fall more online of the instructor and making some changes as, as the instructor. So if you determine that the lack of engagement is class-wide, then the issue is going to be in one of two places, okay? The first is what are you teaching? And this is the content. So your lesson plans, the activities that you're teaching, that's the content. The second issue here is how you teach, how you teach that content and how you're structuring your class, okay? So before I get too far into that, Let's determine, let's determine where the lack of engagement is rooted, okay? So I want you to ask yourself some questions because I want you to figure out if your classes are lacking in content, which is the what, the lesson plans, the activities, or the structure, the routines, the rules, the classroom management, okay? Because they have to go together. And maybe, maybe today you find out that your class is needs to be strengthened in both those areas, okay? So I'm going to ask you some questions and I want you to answer truthfully. So here are, here are my questions for you. First question, do you follow themed classes? Second question, do you teach the dance concepts? Do you incorporate visual aids into your classes? Do you provide your students with props or tactile experiences throughout class? And lastly, do you dance to music or musical instruments? Okay, so those are my questions. Now, if you answered no to three or more of those questions, then your classes may be lacking in the content designed to keep your student engaged. That's your lesson plans the activities that you teach, the music that you use, the props that you use, all of that is the content, okay? So now I have some more questions for you. Do your classes follow a consistent class flow or routine from week to week? Do you explain rules and expectations to your dancers? Do you have activities for your dancers to perform during class transitions? Do you have limited downtime during your classes? Do you agree that your students are well-behaved and attentive throughout the entire class? So if you answered no to three or more of those questions, then I would say that your classes are lacking in structure, okay? So now that you kind of know where the issue might be, it's either in your content or your structure or both, okay, let's break each one of these down a little bit and hopefully this helps you improve that area, okay? So if your classes are lacking in content, my suggestion is that you look into developing your lesson plans a bit more. My, 
my routine for creating lesson plans is number one, always have a theme. I, I keep my themes to a full month rather than switching them up consistently constantly so I don't do a lot of holidays or anything like that I keep it more seasonal so every month I have a different theme so for example April April is coming up here in a couple weeks so our April theme would be April showers make rainbows so everything in the month of April is going to be rainstorms lightning thunder and rainbows okay then May May, we move on to May I Dance in the Garden. And now we're doing more flowers and insects and butterflies and things like that, okay? So that's my monthly theme. Then each week within that theme, I choose one dance concept to focus on each week. Um, So for April, let's say I may want to focus on body shapes, right? Because when I think about a rainstorm, there's lots of different shapes that happen in a rainstorm, right? So for example, the clouds, clouds are curvy. The raindrops, the shape of the raindrops, they're more angular. The rain may fall straight down from the sky. Um, Lightning, lightning is really angular. Uh, Wind is twisted. And then rainbows, of course, rainbows are curvy. But now I have my theme and I have my concept. So then, now that I have that, it's time to build that class. And when I build my class, I think about my four learning types. And I follow um, the VARC model or even VACT model. And that stands for Visual, Auditory, Kinesthetic, and Tactile. And I really try to do the tactile a lot, okay? So for my visual learners, I will be sure that I have visual aids that help my dancers see and visualize those concepts. So for our body shapes, I'm going to have curvy clouds on a piece of paper. I'm going to have angular raindrops. I'm going to have a picture of the rain falling down straight from the sky. I'm going to have a picture of a curvy rainbow. So that is for my visual learners. Okay. So then I'm going to think about my auditory learners. And these are the kiddos who need to hear uh, and have stimulation with hearing what's happening and so I'm going to be sure that I'm picking fun and upbeat songs. Um, I might even switch it up and I might do thunder with a drum and rain with some egg shakers and give them some different auditory stimulations. Okay then lastly for my tactile dancers and the kids who learn the best by touching everything I want to make sure that I'm giving them their tactile experiences throughout the class. And so that's where I'm going to think about different props. And I want to make sure the props are of different textures and different weights, right? Because that's really what's going to get them exciting. So maybe for the wind, because the wind is maybe lighter or it's strong, we dance with some scarves. But then for the rain, we're all going to have egg shakers and we're going to shake the eggs to show that the rain is falling down. Then I have a super light and airy scarf that they get to touch versus a hard plastic egg. Those are going to be two very different sensory experiences for my tactile learners. So that's what I would look like look at if you are lacking in content of what you're teaching. Your theme, your concept, and then engaging all four of those learning types in your classes. So now let's look at 
if your classes are lacking in structure. So again, this refers more to how you teach and how you manage your classroom. So this really is classroom management, okay? So number one, it's really important that you have a structured class flow from week to week that is consistent. So even if your theme or your concept is changing every week, what you do in class is the same. And what I always say is that it doesn't matter what content you teach as long as the structure of your class remains the same every week. All right, so I'll give you a quick example of how my classes flow every week. So we always start our classes in our learner's circle. This is where we introduce that dance concept each week with different visuals and maybe some props and things like that. After we introduce our concept, we do our brain dance warm-up. We do that every week. After that, we stand up and we explore our concept with some standing, non-traveling movements. So these are all stationary, non-locomotor movements that we perform standing in our learner's circle. After that, we transition to go across the floor. And I have, I always have an activity that they do during their transitions. So once we're ready to go across the floor, we develop our traveling skills or our locomotor moves across the floor. And then once we've practiced our skills, I combine them all together in a big obstacle course. And then we end class with either our free dance activity, which can be freeze dance or some other games that we might play. Um, and then, or if we have a showcase coming up, we'll learn our show, showcase choreography to end class. But when I have that structured routine week after week after week, this allows my students to feel safe. They know what's going to happen next. So I'm taking away some of that anxiety that these little ones might have. And then on top of that, I am also sure that my rules and expectations are built into the class. So I make them a part of each and every activity. So remember how I said that when we transition, I have an activity for them to do. So I'm gonna share my go-to transition activity and I have about four rules built in. The kids don't even know they're following rules. They just think they're playing a fun game. But this is how it goes when it's time to transition. The first thing we're gonna do, we're gonna, our, my dance rooms are covered with magic fairies, okay? So we have a wall where all the magic fairies live in our dance room. So the first thing we do is we stand up and we tiptoe walk. Okay, and we tiptoe walk, that keeps them from running. That's a rule that I have. I don't want any running in my dance classes, right? So we tiptoe walk. And we tiptoe walk really slow and really quiet because if we go too fast or too loud, we're gonna scare our fairies away. So those are my rules of no loud tapping and no screaming, right? We don't want any of that in our dance classes. So we go quiet and we go slow. Then when we get to our magic fairy wall, we all catch a magic fairy in our hands and we keep our magic fairy safe in our pockets. So this is another rule. This is where we sit crisscross applesauce on our wall because if they're standing, they're more likely to move and fidget around and do things that we don't want them doing. So I always have them sit crisscross applesauce when they're waiting their turn. Then if they lose their magic fairy, 
right? If they're wiggling and moving around and standing up or doing anything that they shouldn't be doing, sometimes they might want to crawl on the floor. They still move when they're sitting down, right? They're kids. It's going to happen. But if they lose their magic fairy, I just say, "Uh uh-oh, you lost your magic fairy. You better get a new one. And again, to get them to sit crisscross applesauce. So there's like four or five rules built into my transition where I don't have to say, no running, quiet mouths, wait your turn. I don't have to say those things because it's sort of built in to my classroom routine, okay? So think about that. Do you have your rules built into a way where it's almost like a fun game for your kids to play or are they maybe feeling burnt out and restricted because there are so many rules, right? So another thing I want you to think about as far as transitions is does your class have a lot of downtime? This could be moments where maybe you're fidgeting with your music, right? So to avoid that, put all of your songs for that class on a playlist and just have the playlist play through Um, your entire class so you never even have to touch your music right and even build in songs for your transitions account for all of that okay Um, maybe it's maybe you have downtime when it's time to distribute or clean up props so maybe to help you with that you have an assistant that you while they're cleaning up you can move on to the next thing with the kids okay Um, those transition times those downtimes Those are the times where your students are most likely to lose focus and attention. And that's the time where they're going to exhibit those behaviors that don't align with your expectations. So be sure that you have a routine for every part of a class, all transitions. How do they enter the classroom? How do they find a spot? How do they dance across the floor? How do they get out and put props away? How do you set up an obstacle course? How do they get stickers and then leave the room when class is over? Have a routine for every single part of your class, not just the parts where you're dancing. Okay, well, I could honestly talk about engagement, like I said, for a 45-minute podcast, but I tried to keep that as short and as sweet as I could for you guys. I know that there's a lot of information in there. So if you want me to have a more in-depth podcast episode on classroom engagement, let me know. You can let me know. The easiest way to let me know is by leaving me a five-star review on the podcast and just leaving me a comment and saying, hey, I'd love to learn more about that classroom engagement that you talked about in your most recent episode. So let me know. The Dance to Learn podcast airs every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Leave a five-star review of the podcast and your review may be read on air for your chance to receive a $10 Amazon gift card. To be a guest on the podcast or for advertising inquiries, please email info at dancetolearn.co. Happy dancing!